Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The all-electric Kia EV6 with up to 528 kilometers of range. And Toolman, the complete tool center, serving WA for over 40 years. This is Sports Day. Yes, uh, that was uh, the run home with Hayes and Marto. Peter Vlahos in for Hayes this week. Marto will return to the radio again 3 o'clock tomorrow afternoon as we roll in now to Sports Day WA on this Monday for the Kia EV6 GT World Performance Car of the Year and Toolmart, the complete tool centre, serving WA for over 45 years. What a weekend. I'm exhausted, actually, and I reckon a lot of people are exhausted. Are you exhausted? going through what you experienced on Saturday and for those people that follow the NRL or just like great sporting contests, you may not be too invested in the National Rugby League, but there's a lot of people that just love uh, a grand final regardless of what sport it is. That would have seen Penrith come from behind performance against the Brisbane Broncos when it was all basically done for them and people thought they wouldn't get the three-peat, but they uh, certainly did on the back end of their star performer. And uh, Nathan Cleary, the son of coach Ivan Cleary. It got me thinking, actually, when you look at the AFL, and I know Collingwood have come out already, Craig McRae, Darcy Moore, Maynard, all the players have come out saying, we're now going for back-to-back. Is there a possibility, do you think, that Collingwood, because I've got a nice sprinkling of young talent there, could possibly uh, repeat what the Penrith Panthers have done. They've got match winners, but Nathan Cleary could be the Josh Dacos. Josh Dacos will only get better. It's only his second season of AFL football. What will he be like when he has maybe 50, 70, 100 games under his belt? And will he be the architect and the player that they'll all get behind to try and steer this Collingwood ship in... uh, maybe grand final and premiership land again in 2024 and even 2025. Now, Chris Fagan's come out, the coach of the Brisbane Lions, suggesting that the premiership window is still open for the Lions. Lockie Neal will be a year older, as we know, the dual Brownlow medalist. I think the jury is out on Eric Hipwood, who's had a sort of an indifferent season up forward. He was going to be one of the, the major stars when he burst on the scene a couple of seasons ago to be one of the key forwards in the AFL, probably just hasn't quite got there. Where's Joe Danaher going to be next year? Do you think the premiership window is still open for the Brisbane Lions? And the one that I feel is one out, one back is GWS with what we've seen. Adam Kingsley has matured as a coach. As we know, they got better after the halfway stage of the season, after predominantly the buys. And we saw what they delivered in the AFL finals, GWS, and the other one's Carlton. So if you had to make a prediction, even this early on, 48 hours after what was a splendid grand final at an ageing MCG, and I mentioned that earlier in the run home, would you put Collingwood there 
And if so, who do you think could be the best suited team to take them on next year being 2024? I think the Magpies are primed for it. I reckon they could go again uh, with what we saw. And I think 2024 is going to be a season that's going to be very, very exciting because some of the younger players will only get better. But if you had to put Collingwood in the grand final, who do you think is next best place from what you've seen that could uh, maybe take them on in that final Saturday in September? We're here for the Kia EV6 GT, the World Performance Car of the Year, and Toolmart, the Complete Tool Centre, serving WA for over 45 years. And for the good oil for Cobram Estate, premium Australian extra virgin olive oil, the big story coming out of the weekend is our very own Bobby Hill, uh, Northern Youngster. He is the cousin of Brad Hill, who has got three premiership under his belt. Bobby's got one now. And if Collingwood go all the way and maybe secure a couple more over the next few years, maybe Bobby will replicate what his cousin Brad Hill has achieved on the mantelpiece with three premierships. So we thought uh, we'd focus on the major story of the weekend, being Bobby Hill and so close to home for Cobram Estate, as I mentioned, Australia's most awarded extra virgin olive oil, grown, harvested and first cold-pressed in northern Victoria. We'd like to speak to somebody that has got a connection with Bobby Hill. And Michael Pratt has. He was Bobby Hill's Colts coach from 2018 when Bobby was kicking the footy around and now known as Mineral Resources Park, but it was Lathlane Oval all those years ago. And Michael joins us on the program. Thanks for your time, Michael. Yeah, hi, Peter. How are you going? Good. What was your reaction when you heard Chris Judd announce Bobby Hill as the Norm Smith medalist? Oh, well, he played very well, didn't he? So it was, um, it was exciting to see. So, yeah, really, really proud that, that he managed to pull it off. And uh, Paul Gunnels can't do better than that, can he? Tell us about the young fella that came down from Northam to the Perth Footy Club and played Colts under your tutelage. What was he like as a youngster? Um, very cheeky. Yeah, it comes across cheeky. that way, actually. He's got that sort of cheeky <laughs> grin, hasn't he? He's, I thought yeah, he might he be has. a bit cheeky. Yeah, no, he's, um, he's a lot of fun. Bobby. He's, um, he loved, uh, loved a good time, that's for sure. And, uh, yeah, very cheeky and very, uh, very confident in his other ability as well, of course. So, yeah, no, he's terrific. So, Michael, was he one of those players that you needed to sit down and say, now, Bobby, you could make something of this, but you need to maybe just concentrate a bit more on what we need to get done here. Is he a player that sort of used to lose a bit of attention? Uh, was he a player that you need to get back on track occasionally to play football? And now we've seen the football that he can play. Uh, no, not not really. So Bobby um, Bobby could be doing whatever he liked, really, and he, he would never get distracted. So as soon as the siren went or as soon as it was time to go, he'd be fine. Um I did have to sit him down and sort of say, mate, it's great that you can respond immediately, but not all your teammates can. So, you know, the day that he decided to shoot a twerking video in the lead-up to a game and post it on TikTok, um, that distracted his teammates somewhat, but he was fine. So, you know, mm. that's the way Bobby goes. We saw, we saw his aerial ability in one of the four goals that he kicked on Saturday. Did he always possess that? Oh, no, I taught him that. <laughs> No, no, he's a terrific mark and he's, he's super athletic and um, his, uh, his leg speed's unbelievable and um, it's certainly the, a real standout to his game. It's just how quick he can cover the ground. Very smart, very quick to recognise an opportunity to 
to get ahead of the game and get into space. And um, once he gets the footy, he's a beautiful kick, Bobby. He's really terrific. He's quite he's quite accurate, isn't he? Uh, he missed a he's couple a, late. A kick, yeah, he missed a couple late. He could maybe ended up with a half dozen. Uh, I know he played uh, one off, and Collingwood got the goal, but. Saying that, he's, uh, he's pretty dead eye. Was he a player that used to concentrate on his kicking a lot at training? Oh, he's a, he's a beautiful kick. I think his, his dad probably taught him how to kick when he was a young fella, and um, that sort of saw him through. So he's a, he came to the footy club at Perth with beautiful kicking technique, and there wasn't really much that we needed to do to try and correct it. He's just a beautiful kick. So. How did he get yeah. down to Perth from Northern? Uh, well, he, well, yeah, he's, he's, his parents are incredibly supportive, and... And they sort of looked after all that, and he moved to Perth in his 18th year. So, yep, in his draft year, he moved to the city and, yep, so, played football. And, so you weren't surprised when he was drafted? Um, no, look, Bob, Bobby was always going to be a high draft pick, so that was the expectation going through. Um, he played he played very well in the under-18s championships. Obviously, he played very well for Perth. He injured his shoulder, and uh, once the 18s was over, he didn't actually play footy for Perth again. So, um, But, yeah, he, he had a terrific season with us. Um, I still remember he kicked four goals in a game against West Perth all after half time, and we were getting beaten in the first half. And I was a little bit frustrated at half time. And Bobby came up to me before they ran out, before we ran back out, and said, "You're not really worried, are you?" And I thought, well, "Yeah, actually, actually, I am, mate." And he, um, he went out and kicked four in the second half and sort of turned the tide. So he's a terrific young player, Bobby. You would have been the coach when you were at Perth Colts. Uh, a lot of good young players actually came through the Perth Colts and have been drafted over a number of years. Is, was he one of the special ones that you coached? Yeah, absolutely. Bobby's a, Bobby's a terrific young kid. He's, he's very, uh, very infectious with his attitude. He, he, really, he really does love playing. And, um, yeah, he's super talented, as you would have seen. So I've been, I've been lucky coaching and... Um, I had eight boys playing on the weekend, actually. And um, in terms of uh, in terms of you know talent and ability and ability to impact on games, Bobby's right up there with the best of them. So you said you had eight players playing on the weekend that you had some sort of involvement with, which is a yeah, staggering number. Staggering number. Na- name us some of those. Uh, well, obviously from Perth, Dev Robins, Devin Robinson, and Bobby from um, from WA um, when I was coaching a state side. Uh, Charlie Cameron, Darcy Cameron, uh, Billy Frampton, and Callum Archie. And when I was coaching at the AIS, uh, I did that for a couple of years, uh, Josh Dunkley and Mason Cox. Amazing. Amazing. Um, the the name is just... Yeah, I'm just saying you've uh, you've had a contribution, a significant contribution in that grand final on the weekend. So you would have sat back having a look at those players going around, feeling that you were in very much connected with some of their development. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I feel a lot of pride when I watch him run around, so, yeah, mm. absolutely. And when you look at Billy Frampton, of course, got the late call-up, only got a couple of possessions. What an opportunity for him. Oh, absolutely, mate. His third club, incredible, you know. Like, And, and that's the thing. Like, Bobby's a, Bobby's a high draft pick and a, and a super talent, and you don't want to take anything away from him. He deserves everything he gets, Bobby, and he's obviously overcome cancer and all sorts of things, but... You look at some of the stuff that some of these other guys go through, and and Billy, you know, at his third club, and who knew whether he was going to get another chance after getting drafted by Port Adelaide and and sort of let go, and now all of a sudden he's a premiership player, like amazing, mm. like amazing. What was he like as a youngster coming through? Uh, very aggressive ruckman. Yeah. Very aggressive ruckman. Yeah. 
had a, had a temper and had to be had to be controlled. <laughs> but he, he was great at WA. I like that year. So, yeah, really good. You mentioned uh, you had a bit to do with. Mason Cox, and every time he got the ball on the weekend, because I was at the MCG, uh, USA used to ring around the MCG. He's been quite unique, hasn't he? And when you first met him, did you ever feel that he would scale the heights that he has over the last couple of years? Uh, no, mate. I mean, we, we thought as coaches at the AIS that he had no chance. But look, he, he's a very hard worker. He's very diligent. And if you've only seen him on TV, I don't, I don't think people actually appreciate how big he is. He's massive, and um, it's every, and because of that, you know, I give him an advantage. But it's also very challenging for the skills of the game, like kicking. And he's a beautiful kicker, goal mate. Mm. So I'm, I'm so, so impressed with what he's been able to do. You must be very proud of uh, what you've achieved in the game, Michael. Saying that, your involvement in football these days. Uh, I coach the Colts for East Perth. Oh, you found a good club. And how are we going to go next year, Michael? Now, I know Ross McQueen's there. You're coaching the Colts at East Perth. Uh, is there some good products down there at the Raws? Because they've always cried foul of the zones that they've had down there and the ability oh, look, to recruit we're, players. We're very, we're, we're very excited about our zone at East Perth. And um, the, the work that the, um, that the club's done over the last couple of years, I've only been there for one season, but... You know, you look at the work that the footy manager, Warren Parker, and the talent manager, Alan Barron, Barron, Barron have been putting into our zone. It's incredible. And, you know, the kids that we've got coming up, particularly from the southwest and the lower southwest, we think our zone is equal of any any club, and we're really proud of it. Mm. Do you see the continual uh, lay, outlaying of talent uh, coming from Western Australia? Because we've had an incredible run over the last few years and you saw the amount of West Australian connection in that grand final on Saturday. Do you expect that to continue? I'm not really sure. Look it's um it's a real it's a real challenge footy in um footy in twenty twenty three and, and just getting convincing clubs in particular to give young WA boys a chance when they've got to travel over the other side of the country and it's you know, um, it's probably a bit parochial to say that I always think if the Victorian club has the opportunity, and they think the WA boy and the Victorian boy are much the same. They'll take the Victorian boy every time. But look, the talent is there, and the boys over here work incredibly hard. And as long as they continue to put their best foot forward, I think they'll, I think they'll do really well. So I'm looking forward to the draft this year. There's some exciting prospects, and like you know, like surely Dan Curtin's as good a player as as anyone in the country at the moment. Mm, and, mm, mm. You know. So if you if you if you if you if you're West Coast to have the number one pick, would you get the local over Harley Reid? You know Harley Reid's become a rock star before he's even kicked a football in, in the AFL. But um, you know, as we said, Curtin is a, an outstanding footballer. Which way would you go? Just your own personal uh, well, opinion. Well, look, um, Dan Curtin's 197 centimetre, and when he, he, I mean, he openly admits he played his best game of the year against East Perth, and he played as a midfielder that day. And so I got to see him up and close at his best. And I, I couldn't understand why you look, overlook a player like that. So Harley Reid looks exciting. You know, I went and watched him play at the Wacker when Big Country came over. And he does look exciting. But at the same time, he's a, a mid-sized midfielder. And I'm, I'm not saying that they're a dime a dozen, but he's not 197 centimetres. And it's it's a hard skill to teach, that one being tall. So you'd go Dan Curtin if you were, and this is your opinion, uh, the selector there yeah, at the West Coast I, I, Eagles? I'd take, I'd take the local player. Hundred percent. I'm, you know, WA over over everything else for me. So, mm. 
just before we let you go, have you, do you still keep in contact with any of the players that you've helped to mould into AFL footballers or have uh, you basically severed the tie saying, I've done my bit, I'll just let them be now? No, no. Um, look, some I kept in closer contact with others, but you know it's always good to catch up no matter who it is and make an effort to, to get along and watch them play and all those sorts of things. So, yeah, some I talk to a bit and others not so much. So mm. it's um, they, These relationships are always different and, yeah. And we know, finally, some of the Indigenous players can get a trifle homesick when they get uprooted from their family, particularly here in Western Australia, if they come from regional areas, or even, of course, in Perth. Uh, there was never any problems regarding Bobby Hill getting homesick when he got picked up by GWS and, of course, then traded on to Collingwood. Yeah, well, Bobby's very close with his family. So, you know, it's um, it, to say that he wasn't homesick, I think it's a not true but he he just has a burning desire to be be a quality player and you know i also will give credit to the giants i think they are a pretty good club and they do do things to try and make their young players feel welcome and it's um it wouldn't be the worst place to get drafted to that's for sure good on you michael well thanks for joining us Uh, lovely to give us some of your time and go through certainly your pathway and and the involvement that you've had in a number of footballers that now are playing at the elite here of Australian rules football in this country on the back end of what Bobby Hill achieved on Saturday. Thanks for your time and good luck with the Royals next year. Yeah, thanks, Pat. Um, go the Royals, absolutely. Yeah, good stuff. Michael Pratt there, who was the coach at the Perth Footy Club uh, when Bobby Hill came down from the Avon Valley from Northern to play Colts. And as Michael pointed out, he never thought uh, that he wouldn't make it. And Bobby's now, all of a sudden, got the Hollywood lights, hasn't he, on him for next season after taking out the Norm Smith medal. And uh, great to have Michael on the program. All right, for Polaris, Australia's number one selling side-by-side brand, just a couple other bits of uh, news. The Wallabies have kept their faint hopes of reaching the Rugby World Cup knockout stages alive with an unconvincing 34-14 victory over the Minnows Portugal this morning. And now they have to wait and see if there's an upset Portugal maybe beating Fiji. I don't think it's going to happen, which means for the first time in World Cup history, the Wallabies won't get out of their pool group into a quarterfinal. And this is a country, this is Australia, that has run one, two Rugby World Cups. Speaking of World Cups, that's what our cricket team is gearing up for. But rain across the weekend forced a World Cup warm-up match against Australia and the Netherlands to be uh, called off. But Mitchell Stark claimed a hat-trick. Did you see that? In a stellar all-round show. Now, chasing 167 in a reduced 23-overs-a-side match. The Netherlands were 6 for 84 in the 15th over when the rain had the final say. Not before Alex Carey made 28. Cam Green hit 34. But then Stark finished off the innings with an unbeaten 22-ball 24. And as well as that picked up a hat-trick and his hat-trick ball was an absolute beauty. I saw it. It was almost like a Yorker and took out the middle stump. So well done to Mitchell Stark, even though it was against the Netherlands, not one of the powerhouse nations when it comes to cricket, but they've certainly come on in recent years on the back end of our very own West Australian Ryan Campbell, who was the coach of the Netherlands Cricket Academy for a number of years. Of course, Rhino's now moved on and is coaching county uh, side in Durham, but Netherlands certainly have uh, improved during those years when Ryan Campbell was in charge. From the Tempera Bedshed text machine, and you can join us anytime, 0487 736 736. Uh, Hi, boys. This is just a follow-up from the run home. 
the rules are unfair. I would be awarding all of the interstate teams an extra home game and no team would play more than 12 games on their home deck. Change the fixture. That's from Dave, who feels that the fixtures are unfair. They are unfair, but we all have to live by them. It's the most compromised fixtures and the most compromised professional competition in the world. And nothing's going to change because they can't change it. Their hands are tied. That's the way it's going to be going forward. Uh, 19 past five. We've got the top five at five coming up on the other side of the break as well. And we've got plenty more here on Sports Day WA. The all-electric Kia EV6 with up to 528 kilometres of range. And Toolmark, the complete tool centre, serving WA for over 40 years. This is Sports Day. Yes, great to have a chat to Michael Pratt, who had a bit to do with uh, Bobby Hill. Give us your thoughts on uh, who's likely to contest the big one next year. If you had the crystal ball out, which way would you go? Come on, for what it's worth, and we'll see if there's a, a common thread amongst the Sports Day WA listeners. Temperate Bedshed text machines there for you, 0487 736 736. The silly season started, and, of course, uh, SEN runs AFL Trade Radio, all thanks to Continental Tyres. You can get the latest from the AFL Trade uh, period on AFL Trade Radio. And, of course, Tyler Brockman, he's trying to get to the West Coast Eagles, certainly one of the uh, stories to follow on SEN's uh, AFL Trade Radio. All right, time now for the top five at five. It's all thanks to Novus Auto Glass. There's one near you, 13-22-34 is the number. Top five, the uh, big stories from the last 24, 48 hours. Let's roll from number five. Number five. That looks close and it's given. Stark strikes. Brilliant from Stark. He's done it. Mitchell Stark has the hat trick. He's chuckling. He's walking back to his mark. But the crowd will have enjoyed this. And so will his teammates. Yeah, no, it was a great performance. Uh, Claiming a hat trick. You don't do that every day. A good performance by Mitchell Stark, certainly getting in form ahead of uh, the World Cup in that warm-up match against the Netherlands. Just repeating, they were chasing 167 in a reduced 23 overs a side match. The Netherlands were 6 for 84 in the 15th over when the rain had the final say. Uh, Mitch Stark, certainly man of the match. A hat-trick and an unbeaten 22 off 24 balls. Number four. Here we go to 17. Ricky Fowler needs to hold this one. Otherwise, it is all going to be confirmed. The scoreboard will change. Tommy Fleetwood wins that match 3-1. and one. Europe get the point. And it is Europe who wrestle back the Ryder Cup here in Rome. And let's not forget where we were after whistling straight. All the talk was about a golden generation in the United States, a team that was going to dominate for the next decade after they won by 10 points 
It was a thrashing of the Europeans. It hurt. We saw the tears for Rory McIlroy and one or two other members of that team as well. You were obviously at the heart of heated exchanges last night. Just how determined were you today to get that blue point on the board? Yeah, um, you know, I, I needed that to, to fuel me uh, today and not let it take away from what's been a great week. Um, and yeah, I, I felt like I used it to my advantage. I came out here uh, with a different level of focus, a different level of determination. I think it actually, in a way, gave the whole team a bit of a, uh, you know, lit a fire under under our bellies a bit. And um, I just wanted to come out and win another point for Europe. I'm emotional again. Take your time. I'll make a nice long question. Um, Start once, of the no, no. Once <clears throat> you know, once we got here. Or actually, ever since Whistling Straits, I was so disappointed in my performance there. To to come here to Rome and to get four points for the team, um, it means a lot to me. And you know, hopefully, we can just get it done. There's Irishman Rory McElroy uh, at the Ryder Cup. In fact, he had a bit of a verbal altercation with one of the caddies actually in the car park after one of the uh, rounds. But Tommy Fleetwood enjoyed the winning moment as Europe regained the Ryder Cup from a battling US, uh, wrapping up 16.5 to 11.5 victory despite a blistering American singles charge. Now, the USA remained without a win on European soil since 1993, while neither team have lifted the trophy away from home in 11 years. Number three. Richarlison and Son scores. It's Porro. And congratulations. Um, do you enjoy leaving it late? What what an end. Me? That was. Yeah, I wasn't running, mate. I'm alright. Um, yeah, no, it was a fairly uh, eventful finish again, and uh, obviously pleased to come out on the positive side. Yeah, look, I, I think I've been a pain to say that I, I don't have a, a schedule I'm marking it against. You know, it is what it is. But fair to say that you know we've had some. <coughs> You know, significant challenges in the first sort of seven weeks of the season and the way we've dealt with them, I've been really pleased, yeah, for sure, 100%, including today. I mean, you, you, obviously, you want to put the game to bed a little bit earlier than what we did, but sometimes when you score that late, it just helps you know, continue to build that belief within the group and the spirit within the group that, you know, we we have that in us to, to go to the last minute. Um, so, yeah, all these things, you know, like I said, they're not by design that... It's just the nature of the game, and you know I'm not I'm not sort of sitting here thinking we've um, you know we're ahead of like I said some schedule that you know I understand why other people probably had that in their mind because you know they're they're kind of making prognostications on on the information they have, but for me it's just not of interest to me because I just don't know how far we can go with the group. We just got to keep pushing on. That's Ange Postacoglu, a drama-filled day at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Liverpool had two players sent off and an early goal denied by significant human error from the referees as Spurs walked away 2-1 winners. They certainly had an ounce of luck. Liverpool midfielder Curtis Jones was the match's first red card in the 26th minute, but the Reds looked like they'd gone ahead not long after when Louis Diaz put one away in the bottom corner. But the goal was called back, flagged offside by the sideline official. Now, VAR did not overrule the decision after a brief review, despite replays appearing to show Diaz clearly onside. 
No offside lines were shown on the replay. And, of course, later on in the 69th minute, Diogo Jota became Liverpool's second player sent off in the 69th minute. So, at one stage, Liverpool, for the final 21 minutes of normal time, were playing with nine players and Spurs just got the winner right at the end. But anyway, you can only beat who's on the park. And Liverpool, uh, unfortunately, for all the Liverpudlians... We're down to nine men, and when you're down nine against 11, it's always pretty hard to win. Number two. They're five metres out. Kenny goes to the short side. Nathan Cleary. Nathan Cleary. He goes through. Cleary under the post. He has a kick to take the lead. And maybe the Panthers towards a famous three-peat. Full time. The Penrith Panthers three-peat. We've witnessed one of the most remarkable comeback games you'll ever see and Nathan Cleary champions want the ball when everything is on the line and Nathan with a cape on has stolen their third in a row the Penrith Panthers yeah amazing and we've discussed that uh, quite at length uh, certainly in the run home and also here on Sports Day WA what an incredible weekend and Nathan Cleary with the cape on certainly the Superman that brought Penrith Panthers from the death with uh, around about 18 minutes remaining to come from 26-8 down to win 28-26 in one of the classic NRL grand finals of all time. Number one. Collingwood by four. McInerney's trying to get it out. Very Mitchell good. wore the high contact. Has to be. Paid. Collingwood free kick at half back. The clock is ticking. Shouldn't lose from here. Shouldn't lose from here. 30 seconds remain so when time on is called. You Watch want still numbers. Ticking. You want... Oh, they go backwards. Yep. So backwards to Pendlebury. He stepped off his line. He's been called to play on. He's still got Mitchell. Just long down the line from here with 20 seconds to go. Back out the side to Majacek. Each kick is worth so much. Majacek is able to take as long as he is allowed. Thumps it long down the line. Five. Cox and McInerney. Cox brought it to ground. Hoskin Elliott's kick is smothered. Coleman head over the ball. And so ends one of history's great grand finals. Collingwood take the final step on the stairway to Premiership Heaven. Flies, pies, win the close one. Collingwood at Premiers in 2023. That was sung over and over and over and over again at the uh, conclusion of the AFL Grand Final on Saturday. And why wouldn't they? The Collingwood fans were certainly there in their tens of thousands, 100,000 people there, 80,000 would have been Collingwood supporters. And, gee, they made some noise. And as I mentioned, they certainly, with gusto and pride, sang that song numerous times after the final sirens. They were great scenes at the MCG. That's the top five at five on this Monday. Thanks to Novus Auto Glass. Don't let your old windscreen end up as landfill. Call Novus Auto Glass 13 34. We'll have a bit of a sports update. Uh, a 42-year-old Australian sporting legend is making a comeback.
and you're probably scratching your head thinking, who is that? I'll let you know after the break here on Sports Day WA. The all-electric Kia EV6 with up to 528 kilometres of range. And Toolmark, the complete tool centre, serving WA for over 40 years. This is Sports Day. Yes, welcome back to Sports Day WA. All thanks to the Kia EV6 GT World Performance Car of the Year. And Toolmart, they are the complete tool centre serving WA for over 45 years. Now, for Era Gear, which is here to save time and water, just a couple of headlines where basketball fans will have the chance to see Australia's greatest ever player, Lauren Jackson, once again in action. She's announced that uh, she's returning to play for the Southside Flyers in the Signet Women's National Basketball League at the age of 42. Good on her. True icon of the game. Jackson returns after making a remarkable recovery from the Achilles injury, which cut short her 2022-23 WNBL season in February this year. She previously uh, made one of the all-time great comebacks, returning to international basketball in 2022 to lead the seven consulting opals to bronze at the 2022 FIBA Women's World Cup in Sydney. So there you go, four-time WNBL MVP, and she's feeling fit and ready to hit the court again at the age of 42. Good on you, Lauren Jackson. On the Tempera Bedshed text machine, Travers come through, because I mentioned earlier about the MCG. I just feel it needs a... Well, it needs a bit of a cosmetic surgery. I just reckon uh, what I experienced on Saturday, it's certainly not a patch for mine on Optus Stadium. It's not a patch on Optus Stadium as far as audience comfort, spectator comfort is concerned. This stadium leaves it a long way behind. And also the fact that they've had certain years where they've redone the Southern Stand and they've redone this and they've redone that, if you're sitting in the southern stand, you can't see half of the scoreboards because it is blocked by the roof of the MCG. The seating is very cramped. The access ways, when you've got a big crowd, you cannot move. It is impossible, unlike here at Optus Stadium, where the access ways around the stadium is uh, they're quite open and you can move quite freely. And I just thought the MCG was a bit disappointing. It's looking tired. It certainly has got the history. It's got the tradition. It's got 100,000 people. But the other thing that I reckon, I'm not sure we need stadiums of 100,000 people anymore. Because years and years ago, you had to go to the stadium to view a spectacle. Now there's so many other ways that people can still stay connected with big events. It's great to go to the event. But... How many times, and we've seen it, lucky enough, with Carlton doing what they did in the AFL finals, a couple of 90,000 attendances at AFL finals, 100,000 at the AFL grand final. But outside that, you know, the biggest crowds have probably been around about 80. I just feel the days of the 100,000 stadium is gone. I reckon 60,000 here at Optus is perfect. And I just feel that the MCG... Capacity can be reduced to make it a bit more comfortable for spectators when they arrive. 
And maybe a roof's a good idea from Eddie Maguire. When the roof goes on, try and reduce the capacity somewhat and give it a bit more room. It is a very, very, very cramped stadium for everybody that goes there. But as we know, the history is there. We know that how important the MCG is to the fabric of the sporting infrastructure there, particularly in Victoria. And we all love going there. But as I said, my experience on the weekend suggested that, that it is becoming a bit tired. Now, Trav says simple fix to the MCG contract issue is to make all grand finals best of three games home and away and a neutral venue. That way the MCG still gets a grand final and it's fair on everyone else. That's Trav. Yeah, no, nah, it's very Victorian-centric now, the AFL, mate. It's not going to be moving from the MCG any time soon. That update, thanks to Irrigear, offers expert advice and better irrigation solutions to save time and water. Irrigear is here. We'll take a break and we'll come back with more after the break. This is Sports Day WA with Peter Vlahos for the Kia EV6 GT World Performance Car of the Year and Toolmart, the complete tool centre serving WA for over 45 years. The all-electric Kia EV6 with up to 528 kilometres of range. And Toolmart, the complete tool centre, serving WA for over 40 years. This is Sports Day. Yeah, great to have your company. Well, welcome back to Sports Day WA. You're with uh, Peter Vlahos. And we've got a T20 match. The Australian women are taking on the West Indies women in a T20 uh, contest at North Sydney Oval. The Australians made six for 212 after 20 overs. Elise Perry made 70. Of course, returning back after injury of 46 balls, five fours, and four sixes. Absolutely smashed them. Phoebe Litchfield also did well. 52 off only 19 balls. Thank you very much. Three fours, five sixes. So uh, they've smashed the West Indies women into oblivion. Australia making six for 212. Just repeating, Elise Perry coming at number four made 70. And Phoebe Litchfield absolutely smashed him out of North Sydney Oval. Five sixes in her 52 not out. Of course, you can join the Red Army this NBL season by becoming a Perth Wildcats member today. And the Wildcats one-on-one uh, one after they split their uh, opening weekend of action. A good win against the Tasmanian Jack Jumpers at the RAC Arena on Friday. And they just came foul when they travelled uh, yesterday and took on the South East Melbourne Phoenix. And after, as Mardo mentioned, in the run home, an impressive First half, but they sort of lost their way in the second half. So they'll be looking to rebound. I think they've got the Adelaide 36ers on Friday, who are going nowhere, Jimmy. So you think the Wildcats should be able to record a victory there. Uh, we've got the Leg Up, Australia's fastest-growing tipping service. So tomorrow, if you like the odd 20 cents each way on a horse, uh, the Leg Up suggests you look at Goulburn, race seven, number five, Inca Trail. That's Inca, I-N-C-A, trail. Sat outside the leader on a fast pace on debut when he was no match for the three-year-old Matalassium, who has spring aspirations over further. Uh, he beat third easily and now drops to country grade with that fitness under his belt. Will take control of the race, can only improve on his debut effort and clearly the one to beat. So Inca trail tomorrow. 
Uh, Goldburn Race 7, number 5. And you can get a leg up on the bookies with Australia's fast-growing tipping service, thelegup.com.au. In a couple of minutes remaining, uh, Peter Dacos, who's been everywhere, of course, the father of Josh and Nick, uh, was on Dwayne's World on SEN in Melbourne earlier today. Here's just a snippet of what Peter had to say. How's your emotion today? Right now, are you still basking in how beautiful it was? Yes, for sure. I mean, you know, in consideration, you know, take my background, having played and, you know, you you, you know where I'm coming from. I mean, and all the work that goes into it, it's not just a a pre-season. It's, you know, teams are, you know, trying to get there over years. So um, I'll be honest. I mean, come Saturday night, we, I, I had a, you know, the, the lead-in, the whole week was fantastic. Oh, really, the final series and the whole year. So it was a culmination of a lot of things. But I got to Saturday night and I just hit a wall. And mm. 9 o'clock, I mean, I hadn't even had a beer. So I pretty much just hit a wall. I was just probably more just relieved that it was all over and the boys were able to, to win. And, you know, I pretty much rested up Saturday, Sunday. So, you know, Monday's a new day and... You know, it's uh, it's just nice to reflect now and, you know, take in what the boys have achieved. The pitches were beautiful. It must have been an amazingly emotional and, and just enjoyable moment with your boys as immediately the final siren sounded. Oh, yeah. Look, again, you know, I say to people, people get to see a finished product. They probably don't see all the work that goes into it. And, um, and yeah, I'm just pleased for them. Um, and the one thing, you know, I said to them was that, you know, you've, you've pretty much you've got a a bond now with these guys and and you take your place you know really along you know the history of Collingwood now this 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 year will be forever documented and um they're a part of it so I I was just pleased and I you know I think uh, right right along on the journey the the pleasing part Dwayne has been the amount of work they've done so you know having said all that it doesn't matter whether your kids are you know, playing basketball or volleyball or doing ballet or doing their VC studies. You know, we, you know, we we we're up and down with their emotions, and at the end of the day, I'm just pleased that they were able to to come home and and be rewarded for for such great input. Yeah, good on you, Dakes. Uh, Peter Dakos, a very proud father, and as you would be, how proud would he be with his two boys? Uh, not only following in the footsteps of dad who played over 250 games for the Collingwood Magpies and was one of their greatest ever players but his sons and it's so difficult I gather the next generation to try and emulate what your dad did when he was such a special player but Nick and Josh have started so well and already now are premiership players and I reckon the family has just handled it really really well so congratulations to the Dacosses Uh, it's been a heck of a season for them. Of course, Beaumont Tiles is giving away a trip for two to the American football's biggest game worth over $70,000. All you need to do is just shop in store at Beaumont's before November 12, and you're in with a chance to win. TNCs do apply. Thanks to Heater, Paul Heath, who's been panelling. Gee, he's good. Very clinical, very sharp. And also, Jimmy Williams. My executive producer. Good on you, Jimmy. Okay, start thinking about tomorrow. We've got a big show tomorrow from 5 o'clock. I look forward to having your company there for the Kia EV6 GT World Performance Car of the Year and Toolmart.